Hello and welcome to the Reorg Europe podcast. I'm Richard Woolley, Distressed Debt and Restructuring Editor in Reorg's London office. It's Thursday, April the 2nd. We've just left behind what was possibly the worst quarter for the global financial markets since 2008 due to the unprecedented effects of the COVID-19 pandemic. The first days of the second quarter have so far seen a continuation of the gaps between sellers and buyers in the European secondary market, where the ITRAX crossover index, which acts as a benchmark for high-yield debt risk protection cost, has widened above 600 basis points from levels in the mid to high 500 basis points earlier in the week. Triple B-rated British-American cruise operator Carnival Corp, the operator of the Diamond Princess and a symbol of an industry hit hard by coronavirus, was able to raise $4 billion in senior secured debt this week. The bonds pay 11.5% interest and are part of a rescue financing deal for the leisure business. The group, which is listed in the UK and the US, initially considered raising a €300 million carve-out, but it later scrapped it. Our sources said the dollar book reached more than $15 billion, while European investors displayed little interest. Meanwhile, jurisdictions across Europe have followed Germany's example in creating modifications to their insolvency regimes to insulate businesses from the COVID-19 crisis. The UK over the weekend introduced new restructuring tools including a temporary suspension of wrongful trading provisions, while Spain has enacted a royal decree with a slate of amendments to the country's insolvency regulations, including the suspension of the requirement for directors to file for court protection within two months of the discovery that their business is insolvent. On a wider level, French Finance Minister Bruno Le Maire has been calling this week for a five to ten year common EU fund to support Europe through the crisis. We're going to dive into a couple of topical situations now, first with legal analyst Shan Qureshi, who's going to fill us in on the predicament currently facing foreign exchange group Travelex. Shan, could you give us some background on Travelex? What's the current situation and what does the group's debt profile look like? Thanks, Richard. Well, Travelex appears to have not passed its financial covenant test in its RCF on Tuesday this week and is currently within its grace period. We understand that the group is involved in negotiations with its RCF lenders for a waiver. More generally, the group's first quarter EBITDA declined by 25 million euros year-on-year due to a cyber attack. Even if the RCF covenant is waived, the group's liquidity is under extreme pressure as a result of the COVID-19 crisis, which led the group to close all of its foreign exchange bureaus in the UK for eight weeks beginning March 24. In terms of its debt profile, Travelex capital structure consists of a £90 million RCF, of which £51.6 million is outstanding as of September 30th, 2019. The group also has a €360 million Euro 8% senior secured note due May 2022. Both the notes and the RCF benefit from a comprehensive guarantee and security package, comprising first priority fixed and floating charges. Have any bondholder or lender groups emerged? Who's representing these parties? Travelix recently appointed Sidley Austin as legal advisor and PwC as financial advisor and has begun discussions with a group of lenders and certain bondholders that represent around 60% of the face value of the 2022 notes. The group said it's exploring various avenues to ensure continued access to funds, including new or increased overdrafts from UK banks. And in broad terms, what are the likely outcomes for the group if it were to enter a restructuring? So short-term liquidity concerns could be potentially alleviated by additional borrowing under the RCF. Remember, just 51.6 of 90 million was drawn. Further, the indebtedness covenant in the notes permits an incurrence of a super senior £12.5 million operating facility. And there's also an additional £10 million capacity under the RCF basket. As well as the addition of new liquidity, 
Other possible long-term restructuring options include amending the terms of the notes or exchanging them for notes that have a longer maturity and perhaps a pick component to their coupon, or a partial or full equitization of the notes and placing the group into a note holder-owned SPV following an enforcement. Okay, and are lenders willing to get involved in these situations, do you think? You know, will TravelX be able to find a new source of liquidity? So lenders in the market have shown a willingness to lend into distressed situations. For example, KKR extended a 50 million euro super senior term loan to Selector and Pizza Express secured a 70 million pounds super senior uh, term loan early in March. Now, TravelX's loans allow the company to take on super senior lending in the short term and also to address long term issues through the restructuring its balance sheet. There is also the question of whether any investor would be likely willing to provide such facility in the current environment and on what terms. The uncertain timeline regarding global travel recovery may prevent investors from offering new money until further clarity is available. This could push the group into insolvency. Can you tell us a little bit about how TravelX's situation is affected by issues with its owner, Fenabler? Uh, We know Fenabler has pledged shares held in the TravelX Group for security for its own borrowing. Is this relevant? Yes. So if there is an enforcement at the Fenabler level and the group is acquired by a third party that is not a permitted holder for the purposes of the senior secured notes' change of control provisions, then the TravelX Group will be forced to redeem all of the the notes at 101 and it cannot uh, afford to do this. So the permitted holders include uh, the Fenabler founder, B.R. Shetty, and his family, their affiliates and related parties, as well as senior management of the group. Another way in which the third party ownership of Travelex could be obtained is by purchasing the notes on the market and building up a stake. Now, if this, is, uh, if this path is taken, once the requisite notes are obtained, a potential purchaser could pursue a share pledge enforcement or equitization to eventually gain ownership. OK, and what are the general themes that will be relevant should a restructuring take place? And what are the key triggers to look out for? Okay, so the key themes are the interaction between TravelX Group and its shareholder, Fenabler, the effect of uh, a security enforcement at the Fenabler level on the change of control provisions in the TravelX notes, what appetite third-party investors or existing creditors have to add further debt and on what terms, how the deal would be received by the relevant stakeholders and consequently whether necessary consents could be achieved. Now, RCF for support of any noteholder deal is key, given that they have the ability to push the group into an insolvency following the breach of the financial ratio covenant. That's assuming it's not weight. Now, whether a consensual restructuring between the creditors and the company is possible, and to the extent it is not possible, uh, how a deal could otherwise be implemented. Now, in terms of possible restructuring triggers, these include, well, the RCF financial covenant breach of this week, a potential missed 14.4 million euro interest coupon, which is due in May, or other mispayments by the group due to low liquidity. The enforcement, as discussed earlier at the Fenable level, uh, leading to a 101 change of control put at the TravelX level. And then finally, the impending 22 maturity of the uh, notes, which is a more long-term issue. Okay, thanks, Shan. Now, over the past few weeks, regular readers of Reorg will have noticed that we've been putting out a number of uh, sector-specific analysis pieces, charting the response of particular industries to the crisis. I'm going to speak to uh, financial analyst Patrick Suda now, who's going to talk about the latest developments in the aviation sector. Patrick, how are airlines prepared for the current situation in terms of liquidity? Airlines are facing steep capacity cuts, plane groundings and collapsing passenger revenues in the current crisis. The International Air Transportation Association, IATA, estimates that half of all costs are fixed or semi-fixed, and that coming into the crisis, most airlines had enough cash on hand to operate for approximately two months. 
We have calculated total liquidity to cover gross debt by approximately half on an LTM basis. Liquidity is stretched further by potential working capital outflows relating to unearned ticket revenue in the second quarter, which IATA estimates at $35 billion globally. Among the airlines we cover, unearned ticket revenue represents approximately 57% of total liquidity. The extent to which unearned ticket revenues are paid out in cash is contingent on a potential for moratorium on EC Regulation 261, which entitles customers to receive a cash refund of up to 250 to 500 euros for cancelled or delayed flights. Okay, and what options do airlines have apart from asking for government support to uh, raise liquidity in the current environment? The most feasible short-term solutions include obtaining additional debt, sale and leaseback transactions and raising equity. Our analysis suggests that some airlines are able to to incur further debt secured on their aircraft or aircraft equipment, ranking ahead of their respective note holders, such as Ryanair, Lufthansa or IAG. This is largely due to investment-grade issuance being substantially more loose with respect to incurrence of additional debt than high-yield issuance. The airlines we see as having the most sale and leaseback capacity, Ryanair, EasyJet and Lufthansa, have strong liquidity when compared with those who have nearly maxed out their capacity, namely Air Baltic and Portuguese airline TAP. Wright's issues would represent a a longer-term solution, which would help Wright-sized bloated balance sheets and address liquidity constraints in the sector. The UK government has stated that taxpayer support would only be possible for airlines if all commercial revenues have been fully explored, including raising further capital from existing investors. Currently, no airlines in our coverage have disclosed plans for Wright's issues. However, EasyJet founder Stelios Haji Ianu has voiced supports for a rights issue, contingent upon cancellation of a 4.5 billion contract his airline has with Airbus. So do you think we're likely to see more government supporting airlines? We have already seen various measures of government support across Europe. In Norway, we have seen a 3 billion krone guarantee package for Norwegian Air Shuttle. The Latvian government has told Reorg that it was prepared to take all necessary steps to support the aviation industry. Additionally, Finnair has received state guarantees from the Ministerial Committee on Economic Policy for the pension premium loans included in their recent funding plan. In Germany, Reuters recently reported that the government is ready to to take over Condor if its deal with Polish rival LOT collapses. Further, we have seen Lufthansa agree deals with trade unions to introduce short-time working for 27,000 employees and TAP implement a 90% temporary work suspension. In the UK... The government has indicated that it would not offer an industry-wide bailout, but would consider state aid on a case-by-case basis. Although we have seen EasyJet, British Airways and Virgin Atlantic utilise the government's job retention scheme, we believe that large-scale state intervention in the UK is made more difficult compared to continental Europe as airlines have large foreign shareholders. British Airways is owned by IAG, which counts Qatar Airways as its largest shareholder with 25% control. Additionally, Virgin Atlantic Airlines, which is widely considered to be the most at risk, is 49% owned by Delta Airlines of the US. Is there anything else people should be aware of in the sector? Yeah, so as touched on above, um, on Monday we saw a letter from EasyJet founder and key shareholder Stelios Haji Ianu demanding the cancellation of a 4.5 billion contract with Airbus. If this is not cancelled, Sir Stelios has threatened to have one non-executive director removed every seven weeks. The shareholders' view is that this contract represents the single biggest risk to the company's solvency and that the group should look to use the force majeure provision to avoid payment. EasyJet must show that the force majeure event was the cause of their inability to perform under the contract, i.e. to be unable to pay, two, that their non-performance was due to circumstances beyond their control, and lastly, that there were no reasonable steps that EasyJet could have taken to mitigate the event. 
If this is successful, the usual remedy is for one or more of the parties to be excused from its contractual obligation without any damages being payable. Although we haven't heard whether other airlines are exploring similar actions, we expect the outcome concerning Airbus contract to be closely watched by competitors. Okay, thanks, Patrick. You can, of course, read more about all of these situations on the Reorg website. Thanks very much for listening, and we'll be back in two weeks with another Reorg Europe podcast. Mm-hmm.